Hey everyone, it's Alicia. Welcome back to the Corporate Life Coach Show. I'm so happy that you're here. And I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. Do your thoughts tell the truth? I did frame that in kind of an interesting way in order to kind of generate some curiosity. So that was my intention. But this is actually one of my favorite topics to talk about. And because it was such a powerful moment for me, when I think about my journey and coming back to myself, which I will tell you about in an upcoming episode in more detail. Um, but it's also such an important pivotal moment in so many of the lives of my clients that I thought, okay, this has to be an early on conversation for this podcast and an early on episode for this podcast, because it is so powerful. And now I'm just kind of setting the expectations super high. So maybe rather than continue to do that, I'll just jump right in. So the way that I want to start this, um, do your thoughts tell the truth? The thing that I want to start with is you are not your thoughts. So I'm going to say that again. You are not your thoughts. I remember the first time that I heard that and I thought, what in the world does that even mean? Of course, I have my thoughts. Like my thoughts are have my voice inside of my head. They sound very much like me. They speak the same way. But the reality is, is that you are not your thoughts. Um, there is so much going on and so many different interactions at work that it literally leads to a ton of internal thinking and many, 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 many <laughs> thoughts flowing. Most importantly, one of the biggest shifts I've seen in people within the corp in, within corporate connecting back to their true self is through observing their thoughts and being able to release the hold so many untruthful thoughts have on us. So in my coaching work and even in my own journey, um, observing people and the thoughts that go through their mind is fascinating. We can be so brutal to ourselves simply by our thoughts. And this comes to life when asking people about their strengths or the value that they bring to their work or career. Like the thoughts aren't always super positive in that sense, but it especially comes to life when you ask people to share the negative side about themselves specifically, like what aren't they, what are they not good at? Where do you see yourself falling short of your expectation? Holy Pete, the thoughts that they're just able to spew out in that arena is in that context and in that topic is mind blowing. And I used to think there was a period of time when I would think about my own internal thoughts and like people might have experienced me in that moment of, you know, being pretty confident, pretty secure, um, happy and all those things. And I used to, and I remember distinctly thinking, oh my gosh, if people only knew what my thoughts were about myself, if they only knew, holy crap. And I think we've all had moments like that, right? It can get ugly really fast. And the truth is, we're thinking thoughts all the time. I think there's a statistic somewhere that on average, we think about 60,000 thoughts a day. Holy crap, that's a lot. But here's the question. How many of those thoughts are the absolute truth? My bet? Not as many as you think. Because here's why. You are not your thoughts. You are the thinker of your thoughts. So what happens is when we think our thoughts all the time, it soon begins to feel like our beliefs are our thoughts 
And then our beliefs become our identity. So our thoughts very quickly become our identity. What's also fascinating is we take the thoughts of others and we add them to our own thoughts. So then we begin being the thinker of new thoughts that didn't even originate inside of our mind. We've just taken on these thoughts of other people and then we start to circulate them like our own thoughts and then they become part of our identity. So when we think about thoughts, a thought that is continually repeated becomes a belief, which makes sense, right? Like when we think about our beliefs, it's where, wherever it originated from, it has been on repeat for years and years and years or for a long time. And then it, because it's been repeated so much, it becomes a belief, which then our beliefs can influence our identity. And so it makes sense why we feel like our thoughts are our identity because it's a belief is one step closer to our identity. All right, so let's slow this down a little bit. Um, for some of you, this might be a little new. I remember the first moment that I heard about this, and I'll tell you about that in a second. But I just remember being like, whoa, what is going on here? So what you actually, and just this is a perfect opportunity for a quick sidebar. Um, you're going to hear me say this kind of frequently on these episodes, but when you're experiencing a moment of confusion about what somebody is saying, it's a good thing because it's a signal to you that you're experiencing something new. And I know that confusion or not knowing can sometimes feel vulnerable or confusion or not knowing makes us immediately want to dismiss whatever somebody is saying. But actually, if you sit in the confusion and remind yourself that whatever you're feeling that feels like confusion is just your body and your brain indicating to you that this is new. And so when it's new, maybe give yourself a timeout and allow yourself to go deeper. So um, I think this is a perfect opportunity to point that out because this might be new for you um, because we're so used to thinking our thoughts are who we are, but we're just the thinker of our thoughts. And I think one of the most powerful things that I've learned is that our thoughts are completely independent of our identity, which that can feel really challenging for people at times to understand that like your thoughts are not who you are. Your identity is separate from your thoughts. When a new thought passes through our brains, we can feel resistance to it that comes through like confusion or questioning. Then the second time that thought comes through our brains, we feel a little bit less resistance and it becomes more familiar. Then with our thoughts, when we're thinking our thoughts, we call in support from our reticular activating system in our brain, which has the responsibility of validating our thoughts and experiences. Your reticular activating system looks for information to validate the thoughts that you're thinking. And when it finds a point of validation, it makes the thought feel validated and more true. So soon with repeated thoughts, we have forged a path in our brain where that thought just goes from a fleeting second of a thought crossing your mind out of the blue 
to sure-firing what feels like absolute truth. So think about something that you've heard for the first time. Then once you start to repeat it, in, in that first moment, it might feel a little bit, I always love to use the word friction, so just we're just going to have to get used to it. But the thought when you think it for the first time, it feels like friction. The second time, a little bit less friction. Third time, a little bit less. Fourth time, a little bit less. And then soon, it's just like firing through your brain and there's no resistance because it, you've adopted it as a belief and then it becomes feels like it's true, it's part of your identity, etc. This all happens through your neural pathways in your brain. So you probably have heard about this, you probably know about this, but a new neural pathways have to forge a new path. So it can feel like resistance and untruth. But once the path is forged by thinking the thought several times, the thought eventually is able to race through the more established neural pathways. This is why when we think about mindset and really paying attention to our thoughts, if we haven't been feeling really great about ourselves and we want to flip that script on its head and start to think more positive thoughts, when we bring up the potential of a positive thought about ourselves, it can feel like absolute, like a lie because there's no neural pathway in our brain to support it. But over time, and this is why affirmations and repeating things um, in a positive way can do the same that all of our negative thoughts have done and essentially rewire our brain for these more powerful thoughts and which turn into beliefs, which turn into our identity. So why does this even matter when it comes to you and your career and your professional life? It matters because I remember the moment in time, and I promise you I'm going to tell you my, my journey and my story, I promise. But um, I remember the moment in time when I was cruising through my career and I feel like I was just in this really tremendous place from a job standpoint, and I loved the people that I worked with, but the things that were going on inside of my mind were insane. My thoughts, oh my gosh, like I would have been horrified if somebody knew the thoughts that I had about myself and my life. It was just a lot. And then secondarily, when clients come to work with me and we start doing the work, one of the things that is so common that we have to work through is what are their thoughts? What are the things that they're thinking? And what have those thoughts, what are the beliefs that those thoughts have turned into and which then feeds their identity? How do they view themselves? And it all stems back to thoughts. That's why this matters. And in a space of our career and our professional life being such a huge part of our identity, there is so much volume around the number of thoughts and beliefs that we have created relative to our professional life. And so this to me is one of the most foundational steps in thinking about the new corporate paradigm in prioritizing yourself because what's going on in your mind and your thoughts and your thinking is solely owned by you. No one can trigger or impact your thoughts. You might think they can, but they can't because you are the thinker of your thoughts. So I want to kind of talk about, um, give some examples of the reticular activating system and forging those new neural pathways. And this is one of my favorite examples, but think about a time when you were looking for a new car, or maybe you just bought the new car. This happened to me once. Um, 
And prior to you getting that new car, you never really noticed or saw a car that was similar like that on the road. And then suddenly they're flipping everywhere. Previously, your awareness didn't experience that car that often, but now everywhere you flip and go, there's a car that looks exactly like the one you just got or the one that you want. So this happens because you turned your awareness and your thoughts in your brain on to notice that car. So let's take it a little bit deeper. Let's say you begin thinking that you're not capable at work because you're not as smart or as experienced as other people. That is just a thought. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. It is simply just a thought. Then, because it's gone through your brain, your brain kicks in to its the only way that it knows how to operate and starts looking for supporting evidence. You didn't get that job or that promotion or that lateral move. Oh, I must be incapable. That validates my thought around not being capable at work. A leader who you had a previous previously a great working relationship with is now starting to feel a little bit standoffish. Oh, validation again. You probably aren't capable at work or you're not as smart or experienced as other people. We start connecting dots. Then maybe you observe some other person at work who has felt a bit underwhelming to you <laughs> suddenly is everywhere. They're being put on a pedestal as a shining example and you use that as validation to that you're not capable at work. This is what our brain does. So we start seeking validation. Over and over, that initial thought is now being repeated and it's given supporting information. So it becomes a full-blown belief in your brain. You literally believe that you're not capable or you're failing, or you're not doing a good job, or this job isn't for you, this company isn't for you, or your manager hates you, or whatever the thoughts are that you think. Hey there, I wanted to jump in here for a quick timeout. I hope you're enjoying this episode and to show my gratitude of you tuning in, I'm providing listeners with a special offer you will not find anywhere else. The biggest obstacle holding people back from being immediately ready when that next amazing job opportunity comes along or stops them from initiating a job search at all is their resume. They don't have one. They haven't ever written one. They don't know if they should reuse their several years old version. Um, spoiler alert, don't do it. Every single professional at every single level needs a modern, up-to-date resume that actually works. This is never a time for trial and error. Your Modern Resume is a DIY digital product I created that guides you to create resumes for yourself that actually work. I've taken all of my insider information from being part of thousands of hiring decisions, coupled it with the exact approach I use in my business when creating premium resumes for my clients, and I put it all into three incredible step-by-step guides. Oh, and I've even thrown in a couple bonuses. Go to yourmodernresume.com 
and by entering the code podcast at checkout, take 15% off. I hope you enjoy this offer. Let's get back to the episode. But here's the thing, and this is why I titled this episode, why I did. The interesting thing about all of these thoughts, because they're just thoughts and we're the thinker of our thoughts, is nobody ever stops to ask, is it true? You don't stop to ask yourself, is it true? Because our thoughts are just on continuous flow in our brains, but we never take a time out and say, is it true? Is it true is a tool that I have used for myself and my clients for years. I learned it in therapy in 2012, and honestly, it was a life changer. I remember, I can see as clear as day right now, sitting in my therapist's office, and I was telling her about how I felt about a specific situation, and that all of the things that I believed, which then led me to this belief around my identity and different things like that. And I was just like telling her what I thought was my truth. And I will never forget the moment when she looked at me and she said, is that true? Is that really, really true? Because here's the thing about truth. Truth is finite. And that's what's so fascinating because we think because it's our perspective or the way that we see things, it's our truth. But the reality is, is if you look up truth in the dictionary, truth is truth no matter who is looking at it. So we're surrounded by a lot of opinion. We're surrounded by a lot of that. But truth doesn't change based on who looks at it. And in that moment, when you ask yourself the question, like I did in therapy that day, is it true? The first knee-jerk response, because of the neural pathways who had a path forged in my brain so deep and so wide, my answer was, of course it's true. Because they'd been running on repeat for so long that of course it's true. But is it true is something that you can use as a pressure test. And let's go back to, you know, when we, when we think a thought and that thought goes on repeat, it becomes a belief. And so then when we start to think about, is it true? We're kind of questioning our beliefs in a way, which can feel really deep and really sensitive and really intense because it feels flippin' true. And so the thing that I tell them with my clients is the first time that you ask, is it true? You need to pressure test it again. Okay. But is it true? Is that like, if anybody looked at the situation, would they get the same view as I'm getting on this situation, whatever the thought is? Truth is an actual state of matter. When you pressure test things, the question that you're finding, is it really truth? Is it an actual state of matter? So when you think of a thought of you being incapable or whatever the thought is, likely it's not true. But what started as a thought, it turned into a belief and became part of your own identity. It feels like truth. So why does this matter? Oh, before I say that, before I talk about why it matters, let's also think about when we have a positive thought, we don't necessarily go out and look for validation, right? We're not like, oh, I am really incredible. And then we haven't wired, first of all, if we have that thought, we probably diminish it immediately. So our brain then doesn't go and look for supporting information. 
but it's the same process. Like if we had a good thought and we started looking for validation, the cool thing about this is that you actually find truth. And so there's a, it works both ways. And, but the fact of the matter is the way that we're wired is that we spend more time on the negative stuff, which is most likely and more often and more frequently created from just things that are not true. Why does this matter? You are not your thoughts. You are the thinker of your thoughts. And why I wanted to talk about this early in the podcast in an early episode is you have an opportunity to observe your thoughts rather than let your brain take over and forge a path where your thoughts become your beliefs and become a part of your identity. This also means that your thoughts that you have about people, your environment, your job, your company, your boss are all just thoughts that you're thinking. Thoughts aren't always bad. Thoughts can be good and thoughts can even overinflate the good. We're also just wired, it seems, to quickly seek to validate negative thoughts and don't do the same with positive thoughts. It's interesting because I have experienced in different situations where um, somebody took a thought and they replayed it over and over and over and over in their mind. And our brains can't tell if it's just a thought or if we've actually experienced it. And so then when they replayed it over and over and over again, it has become part, it has become a belief and then it's part of our identity. And then when they actually say it out loud to someone and someone was like, that is not even true, especially if it's a thought about someone, right? Or like how we perceive how someone might feel about us or their experience with us, whatever. And then we actually say it out loud to the person and they're like, that is the furthest thing from the truth. That is such a good validation of what I'm talking about here. Now, our brain just takes thoughts because we're the thinker of our thoughts and puts it on repeat. And we can get down the road with these thoughts that feel so abundantly true to us, but they're not actually true. So here's your to do for this episode. You are the thinker of your thoughts. So start observing your thoughts. Recognize that what you just went through, what just went through your brain, rather than immediately thinking that it's true, look at it from the lens of, oh, that's an interesting thought. And instead of accepting it as truth, maybe look at it through the lens of curiosity. Also, Make a list of your most common thoughts that have turned into beliefs and are part of your identity. And then pressure test them with, is it true? Is that thought actually true? Is it an actual state of matter? Truth is truth for everyone looking at that subject. If everyone doesn't have the same experience or perspective, then it's not truth. So, release the thought that you've been holding on to. Just imagine it flowing when I, when I, so this is something new when we're talking about releasing. And by the way, this might be a little too woo woo for some of you, but there's a lot of power in our imaginations and real in our body. And so if you have a thought on your list 
that when you pressure test it, you're like, holy crap, I've been believing this and it's not actually true. We want to release that thought. And when I say release, literally just imagine the thought as if it were like a mist or a liquid or whatever it is that you want to think about. And just imagine it flowing out of your body through your feet into the ground and saying to yourself that it is not truth and doesn't serve me. That is not truth and it doesn't serve me and I release you to the earth. And just imagine it leaving your body. And there is a lot of power in building this muscle about releasing things. So this is just kind of an introductory way to, okay, so now I figured out that I have a whole bunch of untruths in my thoughts. How can I release them or how can I move on from them? And it doesn't mean that they go away immediately, but it's just a like you demonstrating that you have power over these thoughts, which is really critical. Then start noticing if you validate your positive thoughts. And if you actually seek the, you know, validation and confirmation of your positive thoughts, because I think that's an interesting thing to observe as well. So to answer the question that I titled this podcast, do your thoughts tell the truth? We know the answer is no. <laughs> and now you know that you're the thinker of your thoughts, you're not your thoughts, and you're going to start observing your thoughts. And this is really powerful work. And I feel like it's an important seed to plant um, in the very beginning. So to wrap up for the day, I just want to tell you, you're incredible. You're here for a reason and don't ever forget it. And you are not your thoughts. You are the thinker of your thoughts. Have a great day.